Welcome to the Go and Tell Gals podcast. I'm your host, Jess Connolly. I'm an author, a Bible teacher, a coach, and I'm obsessed with helping women take their place in the kingdom and use their God-given gifts. I go and tell gals, we equip and encourage women with different tools like our map to more guide, our group coaching program, go teams, and even by training other women as coaches through our licensing program. Whether you're a college student, a stay at home mom, a small business owner, an astronaut, or a veterinarian, our goal is that you lead this episode feeling more empowered to do what God has called you to do. We're so glad you're here and we're on your team. Let's jump into this week's episode. Today's episode is about resurrection women. It's about women of the resurrection, and it's not necessarily historical, and it's a little more biographical. And what I'm saying is we are the women of the resurrection. I'm going to tell you a little bit of the story about Go and Tell Gals and how we got started, where we got our name from, and what in the world it has to do with Easter. So I pray in Jesus' name you are having an incredible Holy Week, that you are spending good time with God, or at least getting some moments to soak up His presence and think about what this holiday means. And as I begin to tell you the story of Go and Tell Gals, where we got our name, where we're going, I have to tell you that it all started because I was behind on my Lent Bible reading plan. (laughs) It was 2018 and I was massively behind on my Lent Bible reading plan. And I had this particular plan I was following. I was trying to get through a lot of the New Testament and the scope of Lent. And again, I was a little bit behind. And so I found myself on Easter morning, really just wanting to catch up and at least read a little bit of the resurrection story before I went into church that day. And I want to put a pen in it before I come back into what I read. I want to tell you this kind of problem I was trying to solve. For me, in spring of 2018, I was running my small business, All Good Things Collective, and I had been running it at that time for about six years in various different forms. And All Good Things Collective was a print shop primarily. We sold paper products that painted scripture on the walls of people's hearts and homes. And we also sometimes sold devotionals and different little merch items. And I had created that business in my home again in really, I guess, 2011, when I made a print, didn't even know to call it a print, on PowerPoint on my husband's laptop and got it printed at Kinko's and stuck it on my wall and decided to start selling those. And so that had really evolved into a business where we sold thousands and thousands of prints a year and served thousands of customers across the world. And we helped support multiple church plants and we got to support multiple adoptions. And by 2018, it was a full-fledged business. We had employees and co-owners and an office office. We actually at the time had a retail shop. And so things were like humming and bustling and moving along. But in the back of my head, in the back of my heart, I'd been kind of working through a problem slash an opportunity for a few years. And that was that I knew I really didn't want to primarily be a shop owner. I loved small business and I loved strategy, but I just knew in my gut that was not my core calling. I didn't want to just create products and sell them. What I found was this intense passion 
to come alongside other women in their callings, in their business, in their ministry, in their writing, in their communicating, in whatever God had called them to, and help encourage them to keep going, to take the next step in their life. And so I was doing a little coaching on the side. If small business owners would come to me or gals would come to me with any ideas, I would set aside some time and spend some time with them, coaching them and helping them strategize. And I knew that I loved doing that. But I had this one dilemma in that I was running a small business and I didn't really have time for another one. And I had another dilemma on top of that. It was that I really didn't know how to unify all the women in all the different communities when we really have so many different contexts that we come from. And so, so many different women in so many different communities with so many different backgrounds. I was like, what's the one thing I could tell all of them about mission? What's one thing that I can encourage a stay-at-home mom in Michigan with that would also empower, you know, a part-time small business owner in California? How can I speak life over a gal who's just starting her writing career, her writing experience in Canada And also empower a woman who's living in the UK who is excited about the new coffee shop that she wants to start. Like, what's the one thing that bridges that gap? And and of course, I knew that I didn't have to reach all the people all the time, but I just had this feeling like there's got to be something that would unify all of us. And so I let those problems just kind of wander around in the back of my head from time to time. And I coached people when I could, and I just prayed about it and paid attention to what God might be doing. And so then I found myself again, spring of 2018, Easter morning, trying to catch up on my Bible reading plan. And I made it to John 20. So if it's okay with you, I would like to read a little bit from John 20. And in past podcast episodes, you've probably heard me read it. And I think in our very first podcast episode, I said, this is why we're naming this podcast, this business go and tell, but you'll hear the story again right now. John 20 verse 1 starts with, Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They've taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they put him. So pausing here, what we find is Mary Magdalene, after Jesus has been killed and buried, having had observed the Sabbath, Mary has taken time to rest, and now she is coming back to Jesus's tomb to take care of his body, essentially, post-death and She goes running to Simon Peter and John, who we have to love this first little passage of John 20, because John makes sure to call himself the one that Jesus loves. And in a second, John is going to tell us that he beat Peter to the tomb, that he was faster than him. So Mary Magdalene goes to get them and says, like, he's gone. They've taken his body. We don't know where they put him. So picking up at verse three, Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. Oh, we know, we know, John, you're so fast. (laughs) He bent over and he looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus's head. The cloth was still lying in its place separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. 
he saw and believed. They still didn't understand from scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now, verse 11, this is where it gets good. Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white where Jesus's body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They've taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they put him. This she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I will get him. Mary, Jesus said to her. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. So I'm going to read again verse 17, where Jesus says, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. So all of a sudden, for me, all of these wild light bulbs start going off. And I've been asking God, what is the one unifying message we can tell women in Canada and in the UK and in Michigan and in Kansas and in Texas and in Ohio and in California and in Oregon and in North Carolina? What can I tell all of these women who want to use their lives for the good of others and His glory? And I heard those words over and over and over again, Jesus saying, go and tell, go and tell. I am not even slightly ashamed to tell you guys that right there in the middle of my Bible reading time, I pulled out my phone. I bought the domain, go and tell gals. I was already in the habit of using the phrase gals a lot. I liked the wording of gals because I could address women without making them feel like, I don't know, women sometimes just sounds like very serious and intense, but girls sounds like silly and like you're not taking yourself seriously. And so I was like, I had already loved using the phrase gals in general when I was addressing women. And so I bought the domain Go and Tell Gals. I got the Instagram handle Go and Tell Gals. I texted a few friends and said, I have no idea what this is, but God's just told me something. He's just showed me something. And in the months to come, I would keep praying about what that name meant and what we should do with it. And I kept coaching women. And then in the thick of all of that, I ended up writing, you are the girl for the job. And I ended up writing, you are the girl for the job based on the six coaching steps that I had begun using with anybody I coached. And I realized, oh, we could coach women in these six steps who are in all different walks of life, we could make up different coaching programs, different even coaching moments for them based on where they're at. And we could encourage and equip all of them to go and tell the good news right where they're at. 
And so in the fall of 2018, I was actually interviewing people for my other small business for All Good Things Collective. And I had a gal apply for All Good Things Collective to help run our shop. But when I saw her resume, I was overwhelmed and I kind of just knew from a few keywords that she had put in her resume that she would probably be an incredible team member to build Go and Tell Gals with. And so that interview, that team member was Anna Victorson. And you may have heard her say on past interviews on the podcast, how funny that moment was, because in the middle of the interview, I said, hey, I have a left turn for you. Would you be willing to just like, let's take this interview in a different direction? And what happened over the next few weeks is I started pitching, going tell gals to her, even though I had not created it, we didn't have a bank account. There was nothing. I just started pitching this job to her and saying like, I think you should build this with me. I think you're equipped for this. And at the time she had a full-time job with benefits and everything. And I said, listen, I can't offer you any of that, but I do think that this could be something. And I think you might be the girl for the job to help me build it. And thankfully, after many conversations and much prayer, she said yes. And so what we first did is launched a podcast and we started Go Teams, which is our group coaching program. That's one of the very first things we ever did at Go and Tell Gals. And we've been running that group coaching program every year since then. And over time, we brought over new team members. We started selling merchandise to coincide with different book launches. We had events. We started making digital coaching products. We've begun making printed coaching products. We've just basically turned around the question, how can we encourage women to go and tell right where they're at? And we've turned that question over and over and over and over again. And every time we ask it from a different angle or for a different type of woman, we find ourselves coming up with a new product or a new way we want to say or encourage women. But for now, the most standard ways that we do that are through our Map to More products, where we guide women to journal through figuring out what abundance looks like in their life, what they might particularly be called to. We do it through Go Teams, which is our group coaching program for women who are called to writing, ministry, business, or communicating. We do it through our coaching licensing program where we license other women to be coaches. We teach them the ins and outs of our six steps and how we coach women, how we set the temperature, how we help people take the next steps in their calling, how we market ourselves as coaches, how we run our businesses as coaches. We do it through this podcast, through this free format of just wanting to meet women where they're at through our Monday mini podcasts and our Thursday episodes, sometimes interviews with others. We do it through social media and sending out newsletters. We do it through our free Facebook community. We just basically want to coach as many women as we can to go and tell. And with that being said, one often question we get asked about go and tell gals is like, what's the end goal? Where are you headed? And so if it's okay with you guys, I actually wanted to read to you straight from a vision that we wrote about for us. I wrote it in November 2020. And it's really a three-year vision plan for us. And I'm going to read you just one really small snippet. But for us, it just looks like us putting pen to paper about what we hope and pray God is going to do. And so this is just one paragraph about the vision of Go and Tell Gals and where we're headed. If you've ever wondered what this is all about or what our end game is, here's what it is. 
Thousands and thousands of women will have taken obedient steps in their God-given calling because we will have equipped them with passion and creativity. Thousands of women will have kept going when they wanted to quit because we encouraged them to go with God, to worship on their way, and because we've reminded them they don't have to be the hero. Marriages will have stayed together. Children will have been brought into the world. Books will have been written. Politicians will have run for office. Small businesses will have started. Churches will be planted. Babies will have been adopted and people will have been saved because we have equipped and encouraged the women who God has placed in the right spot for the good of others and the glory of God. That's what we're after. That's what we're trying to do. That's the story of how we got started and the story of where we're headed. But that being said, I want to go back to John 20. And I want to just talk a little bit about the main character in this story. Well, I believe the main character is Jesus. And I'm going to get to him in a second. But there's something else we have to tell you about Mary if you don't already know this. Part of why this story is so remarkable is because of who Mary is and her particular story. You might ask yourself, what kind of woman gets to be the first to see a resurrected Jesus? What kind of woman, what kind of person in general is appointed on purpose because we see him not reveal himself to John. We see him not reveal himself to Peter. But so why does he let Mary see him? Why does he tell Mary, this is who I am. Go and tell the boys. Go and tell them that that I am going back to God, my God and your God. Why does he specifically choose Mary? I can't say why, but I can tell you this one really important fact about Mary. The first time we see her show up in scripture is actually in Luke 8. And in Luke 8, we find out that Jesus's first encounter with Mary Magdalene was when he cast seven demons out of her. I don't know about you guys, but in most communities, we don't pick the demon-possessed women to be the leaders. We don't pick the ones who are literally seeming to go crazy and say like, you, we've got a special job just for you. A lot of theologians call Mary the apostle to the apostles. She's the one who gets to go and tell the disciples, even though they're not going to believe her, that God is who he said he was, that Jesus is in fact their savior and friend. She gets to deliver this huge piece of good news, this miraculous delivery of hope and healing. And yet she is a woman who knew weakness, who knew pain, who knew absolutely being tormented by her past. And I think it's so poignant to point this out because I really do believe that God can and will use all women for his glory and the good of others. And I absolutely do believe that we all have the capacity in Jesus' name to go and tell right where we're at. We are also the women of the resurrection. And here's what that means. We bear witness to what we've seen him do. 
We go to the places he's called us, fighting any insecurity or inadequacy that comes along the way. We say what he's told us to say. We do what he's told us to do. We're united to him, not because of our successes, but because of his power made perfect in our weaknesses. What kind of women get to be resurrection women? I think hairstylists and school teachers, and you've heard us say it in the intro, astronauts and baristas and stay-at-home moms and college students and business owners and authors and women who dream and women who never dream and women who have a hard history or a sordid past and women who don't. All of us, women who need God, Women who let him see us at our neediest and our weakest and let his power hit our lives. Let his presence change our future. We are women of the resurrection. We are the women who get to go and tell in Jesus' name. So that's a little bit about who we are. But more than that, I would say that is who all of us are. That's who we want to encourage you every single week that you are in Jesus' name. You are go and tell gal. You are a woman of the resurrection. Okay, here are a few quick follow-up questions about Go and Tell Girls because these are some ones that you guys ask us pretty often. And we thought while we're in here telling you the past and the present and the future, we'll give you just a little bit more insight. So number one question that we get all the time is what kind of women do you coach? So specifically me, Jess Connolly, I do a lot less individual coaching these days, and I do most of my coaching in two places. Number one is through Go Teams that we do every single year. You can go ahead and get on the wait list for next year. The second place that I put the bulk of my coaching is into coaching other coaches. So I do occasionally coach individuals or authors or teams, but in this season of my life, I am really loving giving all that I've got to coaching other coaches. And I do that in our coaching licensing program. We have our licensing program in the fall. And that means that for about eight weeks, we really dig in with however many women end up joining our licensing program that year. And then we have a two-day retreat here in Charleston where we complete the licensing program. And then you get to join our year-long community of coaches. We have about 100 women so far. We meet quarterly online for different coaching. And then you are invited back to all of our future retreats so you can keep getting equipped for years and years to come. If you are interested in our licensing program, you can find out more about it at goandtellgals.com. We would love to have you as one of our coaches. If you think you might be called to coach If you're already coaching, but you'd love more training or want to do it from a kingdom-minded perspective, this is for you. We often have a lot of women come through the program who want to get equipped in this gifting, but they don't necessarily identify as a coach, and that is a-okay. We have women who get equipped in the coaching, so they'll be better communicators or speakers or authors or even just leaders. So find out more about that at our website if that is something you are interested in. I love this question. What's the one thing you would tell a woman who knows she's been called to go and tell? I would say in Jesus name, amen. Yes, we're so glad that you know that you've been called to go and tell that that's who you are. And I would say one of our most important coaching steps is our step number two, and that is where you determine your who. So I would say it's a really great time to figure out 
who you are specifically called to serve or minister to or lead. So for writers, this is going to be figuring out who you're writing to. For small business owners, who you're selling to or who you're serving. For ministry, who you're serving or who you're leading. This is when a stay-at-home mom gets excited about her kids and their particular needs in this season. So whatever your particular bend or your genre of going and telling, we just want you to get excited and really get obsessed about who it is you are ministering to. But we love this question. I love this question too. One more kind of follow-up to the story is, how did you know you were supposed to start Go and Tell Gals? And I think that is a really great question that really asks, like, how do we know when it's the right time to make a move? And I'll say, I'm telling you that story. You can see it wasn't that I had a ton of space. I already had another business that we ended up closing because all of us involved felt like, okay, that was great for a season, but that was not ultimately all of our forever calling. But so how I really knew it was right, the right time to start going tell gals is that I sensed a need. I was constantly at that point really getting asked to do more and more and more coaching. And even the type of women who weren't asking me for coaching, I was really perceiving that they could use some equipping and encouraging And also, I started to feel that kind of twinge in my gut that if I didn't make a move soon, I would be regretting it. I would look back at like the next month or the next year and think like, man, I'm bummed. I wish I'd made a move earlier. And so those are two things. Again, back to the who, but then also just thinking about like, is this the right time? And you can always ask yourself, if I didn't do it a year from now, how would I feel? So I hope this was a life-giving episode for you on Easter week. I pray whether you're behind on your Lent reading plan or not, you get some time with God and you get to just think about what it means that Jesus came for you out of his love. He came and died and rose again so that we could have new life, so we could have eternal life, so we could have abundance, and so we could be a part of this incredible revolution of going and telling His good news. We are the women of the resurrection. Let's enjoy this weekend. Let's celebrate what He's doing and what He's going to do. In Jesus' name. You are listening to the Go and Tell Gals podcast. You can find us at goandtellgals.com online or Go and Tell Gals on Instagram or Facebook. We would be so honored if you had a minute to leave a review wherever you've listened to this episode, share it with your friends, and let us know that you're listening. We're so grateful for you. God is mighty in you.